Hello, Saber Die listeners. The last episode, Adventure 148, Class Act Fighters, I was missing the tail end of it for some reason during the upload process that dropped off. So we wanted to release that for you here because it was a response to an email and we want to respond to our emails as well as we just want you to leave you wondering what happened on your podcast page. So um, please enjoy the last part of Adventure 148 and please send us emails at questions at saverdie.info. We appreciate all our emails. Thank you so much for all the feedback, and uh, thank you for listening. We got an email. Oh, did we? Okay. We got an email uh, from DM Dice Bro, which is a pretty cool name. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, DM Dice Bro says, hello, Carl and Courtney. Ha-ha! Crispy, oh. we're edging you out. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, it says, thanks very much for the discussion about theater of the mind and miniature play. I would love to listen to both of you discussing the old rule sits again. Keep up the great work. Question. What is your favorite boxed rule set and why? Options are Original Edition, Moldvay Cook, or Mincer's Beckme. They, they, they exclude Holmes here. I, I, I hmm. doubt intentionally. They probably just uh, uh, missed those keys on their keyboard. So, um, uh, Courtney will... <laughs> they also forgot the 91. They forgot the 91 Yeah, box yeah, set. the 91 box set that we covered, which I actually uh, uh, have mixed feelings about. <laughs> but yeah, uh, uh, the good news for DM Dice Bro and anybody else is Courtney will uh, do another uh, episode with me at some point. We've talked about it uh, briefly, so there will be there'll be more Courtney on Save or Die at some point. I'm excited about that. Um, and so uh, maybe I'll have her answer this question when I have her on then. But for now, do you want to answer this question? What is your favorite box set and why? Over Original Ooh. Edition, Holmes, Moldvay, Cook, Marsh. I'm going to add Marsh's name to that because I feel like it's overlooked a little too often. Uh, the Beckme set or the 91 box set? That's a, that's a conflicting answer because... For me, it's the first three. Like, I love them for different reasons. Like, I love OD&D for its DIY spirit and how roughshod it is. And the older I get, the more I just want to play that. But, like, BX is my boy. (laughs) BX is my favorite old school rule set. But the one I have the fondest memories of that really was instrumental for me getting into the osr is homes so like it's a hard that's like trying to pick children right okay um but i guess like if i had to go just by the rules i'm gonna go with bx so i never saw any of these or had any boxed D at all uh until i came back to the hobby as an adult as a kid, we had the Rule Cyclopedia, and we had a bunch of AD&D books. And we had a couple of basic D&D supplements, like the uh, the Creature Catalog, stuff like that. I, I didn't really understand that D&D came in a box. It wasn't something that I ever looked for. I, I, D&D was hardback books, as far as I was concerned. Um, and a whole bunch of brown softback ones, because we were playing 2nd Edition at the time. Um <laughs> <laughs> Complete paladin's handbook. Yeah, yeah. We we had people play blade singers. It was it was a thing. Um, so I I don't have any nostalgia for any of these. You know, I'm only going back and looking at them as an adult. Uh, and and they've become as an adult my absolute favorite versions of the game. 
I, uh, you know, I, I would, I don't want to ever play any version of D and D with an A before it or a number after it ever again. It is not my thing. Um, so I, my, my favorite from a rules standpoint is Moldvay Cook Marsh 1981 Basic Expert D and D just for its completeness. It is an absolute complete game in two small books that you can carry anywhere with enough rules to play for years and years and over and over again and have very different games. Now, that being said, uh, going back to these box sets and looking at classic D&D, I, I will say my introduction to classic D&D or my reintroduction, because we did we did have the rule cyclopedia growing up and, I, you know, we became aware that they were different games eventually. Um, but when I was... Um, I don't know, 29, 30, 30 something. I don't know how old I was. Um, but for one of my birthdays as an adult, my uh, sister had found a bunch of uh, old gaming stuff. And within that was the the red box, the Mincer Basic Dungeons and Dragons. And that box, reading that book, is actually what pulled me back to wanting to play classic D&D um, away from advanced systems or retro clones or... Uh, simulacrum or osr titles that emulate advanced D. so the one i actually kind of have nostalgia for is the red box just because that was my reintroduction to uh, the basic D system now i do think there's something to be said for the red box for anybody interested in getting into the hobby it is it is definitely the one to hand them if you can have them read the the player book for the the Beck Me basic set, they'll be good to go. I think it really does lay it out there for them to, to learn the game. I, oh, I don't know what I would have be my like ultimate <laughs> teaching tool. I think BX is... BX is fine. I, I would hand them BX or Labyrinth Lord, but I'm kind of the same way with you as the older I get, the more classic I play... The less I want to play simulacrum games, the more I want to play the actual. Well, games. I mean, I I'm fine with um, uh, retro clones and stuff. I, I I specifically meant I was I was playing um, advanced versions of the game at that point. You know, if not yeah. in name and spirit. You know, I was only looking at those. I was actually skipping over anything that had racist class in it at that time. <laughs> like I was like, oh, this is racist class. I don't want to play this. Uh, you know, I was just ignoring that those existed, and now I'm so ardent in my um, praise of, of that type of style of game. So, they, you know, it wasn't long ago when I was like, this is not the style I want to play, and now it's it's so vastly my preference. I really love leaning in on the archetypes and just being a dwarf, you know, and that's what you are, and it's not a dwarf barbarian or a dwarf wizard or a dwarf cleric or any of that. It's just, it is the archetypical dwarf I think that provides a lot of, you know, it's like comfort food, you know, there's, it's, 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 it's yeah. home. No, I'm, I'm <laughs> the same way. It's, you know, as it's been a theme on the last few shows, I was like, we don't need all these classes. We can just, if you just have the core four, mm-hmm. you're good. Even the core three. That's like, that's why I love OD and D. It's like, oh yeah, there's no thieves. I don't have to worry about like, am I able to sneak even though I don't have like, I don't have the move silently trait. Why can't I open this lock? Like, that's that's my draw for ODD. But like, I don't know. I I came from. I also came from advanced, working back to basics. 
Like I, you know, I grew up playing three point five. That was my introduction to the game, and then um, I had a bunch of old D and D stuff, and I would read it. And then when I first started on the show, like I, I don't think it's a secret. If you listen to me talk, like I was very clearly a retro clone fan. I was I was playing Labyrinth Lord, but now. As I get older, I'm just like, man, all this stuff is great. I don't... Labyrinth Lord even has, like, companion-level stuff where they're just, like, you know, you get, like, splint mail and scale mail and padded leather. And I now I look and I'm just like, yeah, you just need the three. Like, in my Labyrinth Lord hard copy I have, I have all the extra non-BX stuff just scratched out <laughs> with, uh, with pencil. Now, I will say this. I don't think there's a more interesting box set historically than Holmes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I even the OD&D box set, as interesting as it is and the amount of changes it went through, Holmes is just this weird moment of D&D history where uh, just so much was happening. Like, uh, the Xenopus Archives is a fantastic uh, blog about Holmes' basic Dungeons & Dragons. I don't think that blog could exist about BX. I don't think there's enough to say about it um historically and uh just the interest of its creation and the the spirit of the fan coming to the company to create a intro box set you know that's all so interesting to me so uh, you know so i guess it's those three holmes moldvay cook and and the red box all for very different reasons the one I would put on the table is Moldvay Cook. 99% yeah. of the time, that's what I'm playing. Um, yeah. Holmes is great for pickup games, I think, just because it's such an interesting product and because it laid that groundwork that created uh, Moldvay Cook. Moldvay Cook grew out of Holmes more than it grew out of OD&D. Mm. There's also a lot of really neat, weird idiosyncrasies to Holmes that only exists because Holmes was a fan of the game and he, like, forgot to take his house rules or weird niche um, OD&D chainmail rules out, mm-hmm. like the the great swords attacking once every other round versus daggers attacking twice per round rule. That's that's from chainmail. Okay. <laughs> like, it's a weird holdover. Um, and then, you know, we did a whole episode on the 91 Black Box, so... Uh, you know how we feel about it, but uh, uh, I do kind of wish every basic book went to fifth level. That's really nice. <laughs> yeah, same. I think that's just enough playtime that if... Because I know a lot of people will stop after around that level and go back to level one characters mm-hmm. because they don't really want to worry about uh, you know domain level play or, or kingdom building and stuff like that and Having fifth level be like where you stop, that just makes a lot of sense because <laughs> you get enough time with your character at those lower levels that I feel like you could you could have a complete campaign yeah. in five levels. Okay, I think that answered yeah. that question vaguely enough. Uh, we still don't have a sign off, so uh, <laughs> goodbye. Tell you something, brother. 
The Save or Die Podcast Immortal Edition is a production of Wild Games Productions, brother, and is produced for entertainment purposes only, Jack. All other uses are prohibited, dude, so be sure to visit them at saverdie.info for more information, brother. What you gonna do when the Save or Die Podcast runs wild on you? <laughs>